Well, good morning everybody and welcome to our service uh, from the Burnham Benefice for this Sunday, the 28th of February, which is the second Sunday of Lent. We'll begin with a piece of introductory music. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And we begin our service with a prayer of preparation. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Let us come to the Lord who is full of compassion and acknowledge our transgressions in penitence and in faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you through our own fault, in thought and word and deed, and in what we have left undone. We are heartily sorry and repent of all our sins. For your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. And because it's Lent, we also say the Kyrie. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Genesis 17, verses 1 to 7 and 15 to 16. The sign of the covenant. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offsprings after you throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Romans 4, verses 13 to 25. God's promise realized through faith. The promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said. So numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. In other words, 
it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses, and was raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus began to teach his disciples that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd of his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. We find ourselves in the middle of Abraham's story, yet also at the fulcrum or the climax of what has gone before and what will come. Abraham is the Hebrew patriarch, the fountainhead of biblical history. 
Abraham's father, Terah, brought his family from Ur in Mesopotamia to Haran in northern Syria, which is where much of the tradition of Abraham is to be found. But in a way, I get slightly ahead of myself, for he is born Abram, and it is likely that he was a real person, about whom oral histories circulated. A little before this morning's reading, in chapter 12 of Genesis, we read about the beginning of his relationship with God. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram was called by God to leave his ties with his former life, to leave his home and hearth, and travel south to the hostile world of Canaan and Canaanites. Abram's acceptance of the call was expressed in a single word of Hebrew. So he went. He went based on God's call and God's promise. He was then 75 years old. He took Sarai with him, of course, as well as his brother's son, Lot. In the intervening 24 years, Abraham had travelled, become wealthy in livestock, silver and gold. He was both prosperous and faithful. And it is this last that we hear stressed by Paul in the reading from Romans, and even more clearly by the writer of the letter to the Hebrews, who says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out. He set out, not knowing where he was going. His immediate and unhesitating response to God's call was a sign of great faith. Still, Abraham and Sarai had no children. So here in today's reading from chapter 17, we reach the announcement of how God will keep his promise. Make no mistake, it's to be a miracle. Abraham and Sarai are elderly. Well, Paul, in his writing, counts Abraham as good as dead. This is to be no last ovarian fling, but rather the divine promise fulfilled. God makes his covenant and at the same moment tells him, No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. Now, Ab, A-B, means father. And Abram means exalted father. Abraham, though, means father of multitudes. So his new name reflects his new role. God is giving him a new identity. The story of Abraham is of God's call, of our response, and of promise fulfilled. It's worth recalling that to live by faith is to endure hardships with confidence and boldness. Never doubting the divine promise.
Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things are made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world, and let us thank God for his goodness to us. Lord above, we pray for your church in the world, that it may be a place of rest, peace and hope for all. We pray for our leaders, Justin and Stephen, and for our own bishops here in Norwich, Graham and Alan. In particular, we pray for Bishop Graham in his pivotal role as the lead now on the environment. O Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father of us all, we are ever conscious of the conflicts in the world, of hatreds, of violence, of imprisonment, tortures, murders, and other activities committed in the name of the nations. Guide us to form good governments who will love mercy and do justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, who guides us all, we pray for our country, for the United Kingdom, as we face the next months post-pandemic, post-Brexit, as we take a place in a reordered world, let us become a better country, more compassionate country, a less divided country. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we thank you for the recent uh, bright weather which we have been enjoying and which has allowed the flood waters here to recede. And we thank you too for the engineers who came to Burnham Market and the other places nearby and brought their skills to help. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord of all compassion, whose hand is ever stretched out in blessing and healing upon the sick, 
we pray to you for all who suffer in mind, body or spirit, that they may be set free from whatever ails them. And we keep in our prayers, in particular, John Crombie and Jill Smith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, our Father, that our loved ones who have gone far from our sight are safe in your keeping. We pray for the family and friends of Joy Bingham. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal God, keep us holy in thought, word and deed throughout this period of Lent and ever after. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And so we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Just before the blessing, a notice about uh, opening of churches. As I previously said that I was hoping during lockdown uh, to be able to offer a service of said communion at Burnham Westgate, uh, that would be at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I've now had a communication from uh, the Bishop of Norwich, which suggests that uh, that certainly will be possible. Um, and my proposal is that we will have the first of those services uh, on the 14th of March. On the 14th of March, Sunday, 10 o'clock, Burnham Westgate, a service of Holy Communion. And you'll appreciate that the date is the first possible date uh, after the schools go back on the 8th. And um, we will observe all the social distancing and the hand sanitising arrangements. Everything will be as it was before. And you are all uh, welcome uh, to come and there will still be a podcast, so if you feel more comfortable staying at home, uh, then please feel free to do so. God bless you. May Christ give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, to take up your cross, and to follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you, be with all those you love, and remain with you always. Amen.